Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. How many of you have heard the saying, life moves in quantum leaps? Have you ever experienced a quantum leap in your consciousness? Well, today we're going to explore this, and we're going to do it with Diane Collins. She is an original thinker. She's one of the foremost thought leaders of our time. And we're going to be talking about her newest book, Do You Quantum Think? You see, her, her life has been dedicated to people living you know, spirited and joyful and masterful lives through, guess what? leaps in awareness and their expansion of their approach to reality. So let's bring her onto our show now. I don't want to waste a second. Hello, Diane. <laughs> Hello, Denise. <laughs> I love the way you introduce your guests, and thank you for that. And, you know, I just want to say I've been listening to your show, and I am just really grateful, I'm sure your listeners are, for you putting out really cutting-edge information. And it's so important today because, you know, I was thinking about it. I think if people like you, or in this case, if you didn't make this new information available Mm -hmm. on all these topics that affect our well-being, then how would we know? And so it really, really makes a difference. I mean, I don't mean that to sound cliche, Denise, but it really does. And uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's truly a privilege. Since you've listened to some of my shows, you know how I start them out. I want to know. <laughs> how did I I want to know from you. I, know, I want to know from you. How in the world did you get on this path? Well, I am very clear about how I got on the path, and it happened really, you know, I'd say very early age, but let's fast forward to teenage. And when I looked in the world as a teenager, Denise, I thought, you know, there's something wrong with this picture, because on the one hand, we have all this wisdom, and people really want to live the best, be the best, live uh to the the great virtues in life, uh, you know, unconditional love, compassion, kind-heartedness, joyfulness. 
And all of these things, and yet you look in the news, and you <laughs> it's still going on today, and you open up any daily headline or any news report, and there was a mismatch. Or even on a more personal level, you would come to <laughs> maybe your family dinner table or lack thereof and find that there it just wasn't matching up. So I wanted to know. My quest was, how do we go from merely knowing the wisdom, having access to the wisdom now available at the touch of a smartphone, and actually embodiment? How do we get, you know, it's like really simple. What do we really want, and how do we get it? What are the dynamics of creation that we as ordinary people by our human birthright, how do we do it? And along the way, of course, I came across, uh, you could be wrapped up in one phrase, as you think, so you become. Form follows thought. Everything that was ever invented by any member of humankind started with a thought of some kind. And we know that our habits of thinking give rise to our actions and therefore to all of our results. And that Mm -hmm. means every kind of result. It means our inner experience of life moment by moment. Probably that's about the biggest result, right? Because we're always with Mm -hmm. ourselves experiencing. Um, Our relational results, how we communicate and connect with other people which really moves the world, how the the uh, patterns of our relationships, that's how things get accomplished both in nature and through just general life on, on this planet. And then also the outer things, you know, the things that we aspire to, or as I say, you know, houses, money, and cars type category. So all these results are a function of our habits of thinking, our inner state, our relationships, and our outer world results. And really that was what led me to this idea that I thought, well, if thought creates reality, well then, Mm -hmm. and all you had to do was change your thought to change your life, to change the world, well, why does it still... (laughs) seem to be persisting, you know, not the way we exactly want it. And that's when I reached what I call, I kept searching and I I, I discovered something that I call my revelation. And that is that though we imagine we think freely, we all like to think of ourselves as independent thinkers, that we're choosing our thoughts in every moment. And in fact, we have the opportunity to choose our thought consciously, you know, aware in every moment, Mm -hmm. to the extent that we have been conditioned in some way, and I have a reason for it, and that our thoughts become somewhat mechanical and automatic, and we're on to the extent that they are that way, and we're unaware of these repetitive mechanical kind of thinking, that's to the extent that we're not actually at choice in our lives. So it's not bad news. I'll just finish this 
part, this question that you had, mm-hmm. by saying mm-hmm. this, because what I found out is that our thinking, I thought, well, if thinking creates our results, our reality, our experience, what creates our thinking? And what I discovered is that our thinking takes place like everything in this world and in this universe as a system. And the thinking is guided by the overarching world view, the prevailing world view. And it's not intellectual. It's very simple. What we believe to be true about the nature of reality and how it works. Now, it's not like we're we're actually thinking this, Denise. It's kind of in the background. It's silently playing out in the background. Like mm-hmm. if you were in life and you have the music on in the background and you don't really know, you know, what what composition, what mu- what song is playing, but it's just there, you know, background music, something like that. So we're in a quantum age today. We have uh, our technology is has gone far beyond the mechanical technology of the industrial age. We mm-hmm. have much more knowledge, a lot of the, uh, knowledge about how to deal with our health. And by the way, I'm not a health practitioner, so I want to just you know let everyone know that. But mm-hmm. at, I know that our thinking does affect our well-being and our health because I research these things. But you see, we're in this quantum age, and yet our thinking is still very much influenced by the beliefs of the industrial age. And one of the beliefs of the industrial age, which came to us through the actual declaration of scientists in the 17th century, who said, probably to separate themselves from the church, from clergy, from spirit, but they declared, only physical matter is real. And so everything in our society, the developed world, are more or less oriented around that. And in the education Mm -hmm. system, for example, Mm -hmm. we don't... Oh, I should say, wait a minute, what was the big shift then from from the industrial age to the quantum age is that the industrial age scientists saw the world like a big machine, like a machinery. Press on this and that moves. You have to get to have anything happen. You have to look in the circumstances of these seeming solid objects and put force and control, and you just look at quantum think is not about science. It's about how the discoveries of science have shaped the way we think. And so we say, you know, linear thinking, we have to get all the circumstances lined up before we can make a move. You know, we have to see it. When I see it, I'll believe it, that kind of thinking. And yet, Mm -hmm. in the quantum age, which began at the beginning of the 20th century with Einstein and and the physicists who followed, made the discovery, wait a minute, the universe is more like a giant mind than a giant machine. And there is, you know, some aspect of reality which does function mechanically, but fundamentally it's it's a mind, it's intelligent energy. And so this shifts everything. So I was going to say in the education system as an example, and we can look at the medical institution as well, but in the education Mm -hmm. system, what did it mean? It meant that we never studied 
the faculties of mind, what I call the five natural faculties of mind, awareness, and consciousness, which is intent, which is the dynamic that we use to create, intuition, and I notice you have that in the opening of the show in your <laughs> staying in the pink, right, being in the pink, to use your intuition, uh, subtle energy, how we tune into that so that we know even if you're shopping for Food, you know, for food, does this agree with me? Do I resonate with that? Resonance is the fourth faculty. And meditation, which is that center, serene, inner stillness, that we can live in that state while being active in the outer state. So this is how it plays out. In education, only physical matter is real. We study what? The physical matter, the brain, the maybe the brain connections. But we don't learn how to use our intuition. We don't learn how to use the power of our intent. We don't learn about how to tune into subtle energy, to choose the right foods for ourselves, to use our intuition, to know how to address our health, which direction to go in. So this is no fault. The good news is this is not, this, no one is... No one is at fault here. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with any of mm-hmm. us. It's just that we've reached a state of human development and human evolution where we're now ready to expand the way that we relate to what we're what we want to create in our lives including how we feel, our well-being, our relationships, all those things we want, our ability to live our purpose and be fully self-expressed. And this has everything to do with getting in good relationship with your very own mind and thinking. Oh, my goodness. I've said a lot, but it really is. You know, (laughs) it's a lot because you think, oh, my goodness. You know, and when you look at the medical institution, Denise, and I know you're familiar with this. Of course. We're the the it's everything is changing now, which is great, and this helps it along our ability to expand our outlook, our perspective on things, and update mm-hmm. our knowledge. Because when you look at the medical and you see the body as machine, right? The what I lovingly mm-hmm. call the old world view, the industrial age world view that gave rise to sure. machines, and you look at it. And you say, okay, well, what do you do with a machine, right? You look at the parts. It teaches us to look in parts and separation. Oh, you have Mm -hmm. something wrong with your shoulder? Okay, well, let's just look at the shoulder. You're not looking at maybe there's something in your toe or your ankle that's, you know, the whole whole idea of whole systems, of holistic interrelated systems, or that if you want to, you know, maybe we isolate. Again, I'm not a scientist, and I'm not a, 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 I'm not a medical practitioner, so I want to mm-hmm. say that. But it's just the idea, and I'm not giving advice. But what I am saying is that every one of us has the opportunity to now examine these different. Um, institutions that comprise our society and our world so that if Mm -hmm. we do have something that affects our health, that we can take a more multidimensional approach, that we can look at what are the thoughts 
that I'm having on a habitual basis. And I can teach during this show how to free yourself <laughs> from anything that's not empowering you in the way you want to be uh, feeling in the moment. And that, mm-hmm. you know, will affect your future. So we can definitely do that. But it's like to look multidimensionally at the well-being of each one of us and mm-hmm. it's to look at, you know, well, what thoughts am I having? What meaning am I giving those thoughts that's giving me a certain emotional state? Or, you know, how is that affecting if I'm getting headaches? Or how is that affecting anything? And really just learning that the way that we think, our habits of thinking, what we're focused on is actually mm-hmm. having an effect on how the chemicals work in our body and how we know that so then you go on how the chemicals affect and maybe do I need a meditation practice and you know a few years ago um, I'm just talking 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 do you want to ask me anything about that so far actually uh, no continue please continue okay what I was going to say is that um, a friend of mine uh, was working at the Pritikin Center. I don't know if you know that. I don't even know if it's still Oh, no, I do. Oh, you do? I do know it. I, oh, okay. sure, sure. I've had people in my life in the past that, that oh. um, would go there. Okay. Well, you know they go there, mm-hmm. and it is a more holistic kind of... Uh, oh, def- definitely. Right? And well, so yeah. he... What? Um, absolutely, it was it it was um, it was the uh, the diet as well as exercise that was involved in the pretty. That's right. And in this case, what my friend was uh, uh, um, an instructor there, and he was dealing around meditation and things, practices of these things to, you know, create your, a state of inner serenity. Of course, mindfulness and med- mindful meditation is very popular today in yoga. But he invited me in to actually give my experience. I wasn't act, uh, completely teaching about quantum thinking, although I was doing the work at the time, but he wanted that just to me to give my personal experience because mm-hmm. I have been... Um, I would say, in a, a practice of meditation in many different ways for more mm-hmm. than 30 years. And what I then I did my research at the time, and I realized when you are able to maintain yourself in a calm State. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not in your outer life very active, engaged with your family, you're doing your work, you're doing your hobbies or whatever it is you're doing recreationally, but that at the same time, simultaneously, you're maintaining that inner state. And for me, and you know, as you probably know, a lot of people who have... Um, cardiovascular issues would go to the Pritikin Center. So for me, I've always been able to maintain uh, my own um, a lower um, (laughs) blood pressure. (laughs) I forgot the name of it for a second. And cholesterol. (laughs) 
which uh-huh. I, in great part, attribute. You know, we know there's some some genetic influence on it, but in great part attribute to my ability to do that. And I'll say one other thing about Keep that calm. because mm-hmm. a while, a few years ago, my husband and I were going to this diet center to lose weight. And it was a local one, so it wouldn't be one that people knew. But the reason I went to it is because you bought your own food and you could pick your own fresh food. And it was really a way of learning how to eat a truly, you know, balanced diet, which I thought I knew, by the way, because I always studied nutrition, but I learned more. So there's always more we can learn. But the reason I brought it up is because when we would go in there, they would take your blood pressure. And one time I was coming in and, you know, before they did the counseling or whatever, weighing you in, and I was I was feeling kind of hyper. I think I just played tennis or something. I don't know what I was doing. Running around, you know, on a Saturday. And I came in and they took my blood pressure and it was a little bit higher, you know, than usual. So I said, oh, wait a minute. Uh, just give me 30, you know, give me, give me 30 seconds to a minute. Closed my eyes for about a minute, even less, went into a slightly meditative state. I said, okay, please take it again because that wasn't normal for me because I didn't want them to think that it had something to do with my diet, you see. I wanted to maintain my blood pressure so they wouldn't Mm -hmm. give me the wrong instruction thinking, oh, you're eating something and it's affecting. So I, in that one minute, lowered my blood pressure just because I knew that I could and this mm-hmm. is what these are the kind of things when uh and you know I haven't talked about quant- the the actual thinking yet but this multidimensional approach which is quantum thinking quantum thinking is actually mm-hmm. a system of thinking a system you have the book so you know do you quantum think new thinking mm-hmm. that will rock your mm-hmm. world in the best of ways and it's 21 principles and practices for the mind and awareness that bring all these all this kind of knowledge together in such a way that as you read you are giving yourself an experience of your own awareness because it's not like I know something that any of us don't you know like I know something and you don't no it's that we all are connected to this knowledge in some way and how we know this denise is when we hear it it rings true for us you know how Mm -hmm. that is with Mm -hmm. sure when you hear something and you just have that inner knowing Mm -hmm. and so when you read and you know it's 21 principles and practices for the mind and awareness that are based in the insights from leading science today, from cutting-edge discoveries of science. It's not about science, but it's based in those insights that are now proving and merging, remerging with spiritual wisdom that is common to all traditions. So, you know, not any one uh, religion, not any one spiritual or wisdom tradition, but if you take what is common to all of them, that none of them would actually reject or deny. 
And then what I do is have it be practical so that we mm-hmm. can integrate it in everyday life. And that's the idea of the book. And you said to me when we were, you know, before the show, and you said you really, you know, reframed, recontextualized everything. And that's really it because that's one of the great discoveries of quantum science in this quantum age is that there is no fixed way that something is. There mm-hmm. is no fixed and absolute way that a person is, that your health is, that the conditions are in the world, that the conditions you live in are. That's the great news. That means... Yeah, they're forever changing. Absolutely that's exactly right. The nature, the Listen, essence of it is energy uh, in flux, always changing, informed by intelligence. It's amazing. Listeners, if, you, if you're just tuning in now, we're talking with Diane Collins. She's the author of the book, Do You Quantum Think? Let's um, delve into the multidimensional um, ways that we can free ourselves. In other words, um, you know, how, how do we change our, our current state of thinking and, and bring in that new intent? Great. Love the question. This is what I love to share (laughs) in every interview or every time I'm talking. And, you know, I would say this. We can never hear it enough. So if you've heard me before, you've heard me say this. Because I have to say it to myself, too, Denise. And I just want to say that uh, before I give the practice that my husband, Alan Collins, who's a master quantum thing coach and consultant, we have been uh, married for 26 years as of this show, and we've been working together that long. Now, before my book came out, we were delivering the quantum think principles that I call distinctions in thinking uh, mm-hmm. in co- private company programs, in public programs that we deli- that we would do by via teleconference, you know, it's very common today, oh, but we've been doing it for uh-huh. a long time that way uh-huh. so that people wouldn't have, they would be applying the principles as you're in life rather than go to a weekend thing and then try to remember, what did she say? You know, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. still very, you know, valuable, but this is how we do the quantum thing work. So uh, why did I bring that up? Oh, because it works. <laughs> because we have, uh, because it works. Because that was one reason I brought it up. But the other reason is that even though we have been doing this work and living it uh, for all these years, we still read from Do You Quantum Think? Because, you know, you can open it anywhere and get the message. This is the nature of non-local mind. I'll give that in a minute. But... Uh, Because this way of having a new perspective and getting in touch with your own thinking uh, and being able to, you know, as I say, the unofficial, official mantra of quantum think is when you master your mind, you master your life. So master your mind Mm -hmm. is controlling it. It Mm -hmm. means having a relationship so that you can command it. So this is 
that's I just wanted to say that. We still look we Great. still and I call the book a friend for life. It's something you use all the time, as you said. Mm-hmm. It can take a while. And we're because we're always shifting and changing and somebody told me this yesterday, a show I was on, and the host said, You know, I read the book and I keep it near me and every time I look at it, because I'm in a different place, I see it differently. So that's really how it is. So here's what we do. First of all, two um, elements of knowledge when you're looking from a quantum worldview. One is, we just said a few minutes ago, there's no absolute and fixed way that reality is. Now, the old worldview, the industrial age worldview, did see reality as fixed, and they wanted to predict and control nature, you know, like if we could just break down this object into its constituent parts and figure out how it works together, we could predict and control everything in nature. Mm-hmm. And so that was helpful to us because it taught us how to, you know, silently again trained us how to analyze how to make things into categories it gave us the discipline of the sciences the specialties all that is good so we're not saying that's you know old is bad new is good no those models it's an Uh expansion right that's a model within the more expansive model and so the Mm -hmm. idea of distinguishing these thinking models is so that we're not limited by it. So, again, the old world view taught us to look at things as fixed, and that's the way it is, right? Oh, that's just the way I am. Oh, that's just the way my husband is. That's just the way the world is. You know, there will always be people dying of hunger. Oh, that nobody is ever going to get along in the Middle East. You know, all these things that we say that we've institutionalized as if they're forever and they're really not i'm not saying they're not challenging right but mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have a lot more command and power over the way that we direct our circumstances and transform them than we than we have ever been taught in the past so the first you know, the first bit of knowledge let's say premises is that you have to realize nothing is fixed and solid and absolute other than what you think of as, you know, divine God or mm-hmm. how you play that. But just for everyday life, it doesn't work that way. The nature of nature is, as you said, it's not it's not fixed. It's always moving. Mm-hmm. And we have been given, for whatever reason, uh, mysterious forever maybe, the privilege of being the human consciousness that can focus on one reality or another or focus on reality in a particular way. So we're the focal point that brings any reality into being. And the great metaphor for this is the Internet. Because when you look at the Internet, you go, okay, the infinite mind of humanity, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the sublime. Well, which thing, right? What are you going to focus on? And it's like, what? And it's whatever you click on, right? Whatever Uh you click on, that becomes your reality. Well, our mind is like that, okay? And I'm going to talk about Uh non-local mind before the end of the show. But for right now, okay, so the first thing I'm repeating again, no, nothing fixed and static. Um, and everything is shifting and changing, energy informed by intelligence, and human beings, our own consciousness, can 
influence it. In fact, that's that's part of the scientific discovery, is that the nature of our own intent, which is the directed attention and energy of our own awareness, has an actual effect on circumstances. And these mind-to-mind and mind-to-matter influences have been proven in in many scientific experiments over the past 100 years, and particularly in the last 10 to 20 more so. Even though Mm -hmm. not every scientist yet believes, you know, they're still stuck in the old physical only, the consciousness comes from the brain, where the new cutting-edge scientists say, no, it's really the other way around, or some variation. Okay. Back to mm-hmm. back to business here. So the second thing to know that we exist in fields. We ex- we have an exchange in invisible fields. Now again, if you're brought up in an educational system in a worldview that said only physical matter is real, we have our attention on the objects in the field, right? On the, mm-hmm. We're not looking at what's in the invisible. We're we're not conditioned. We're not trained. We're not oriented toward what's the nature of the field, even though we experience it all the time. So, mm-hmm. what does the field mean? It's you know mostly I like to think about it in terms of you know how, how does life show up with us ourselves with other people. So you could say it's a relational field. And what happens? Why do we, why is that important? Because we are exchanging. We're picking up data. We're exchanging energy and information with one another through these fields. And this becomes very important when we're t- when we talk about how do we get a new relationship with thoughts that we have that are undesired. So I'm mm. giving the two premises that lead up to this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when you realize, okay, and this is, you know, this is not a science, you know, you don't, as they, the proverbial, you don't have to be a, a, a physicist, you know, what do they say? A, a rocket scientist to understand this. Anybody can understand that when you walk into a room, and let's say you're entering into a party, and in one corner there's a, a group of people who are sitting there complaining and grumbling, and you know, <laughs> a dark cloud is over their head, right? And the other mm-hmm. corner is a, is you know people who are smiling, happy, they're boisterous, they're laughing. And what are you going to be attracted to, first of all? Well, the the first thing is, without even hearing a word exchanged with you, you can feel it. You can feel when you walk, if you walk into a cathedral or a great um, musical hall, you know, that in, in the great cities of the world, and you walk mm-hmm. in, and that music has been playing, or there have been praying there, or, you know, chanting in some place, in an ashram, where when you walk in, you experience that energy. You've experienced mm-hmm. that, before, mm-hmm. right? And sure, we all of course. Have. So it's like that. So it's not even like it's even there present now. It's that 
that has left its energy, the, the nature of that energy. Now, here's why this is important. So I'm going to say something now that okay. if you do this, you can free yourself from any negative thoughts that you have forever. Now, it must be done in the moment. So I'm not going to say it's not a one-time, as I say, transformation is not a one-time event. Uh-huh. And that is a moment-by-moment proposition. Okay, so it's not like you have to monitor mm-hmm. every thought. But look, look at it this way. Some people say, okay, so we exist in fields, and we're picking up intel. <laughs> we're picking up thoughts. So I like to think of it this way. A lot of the thoughts we have, we don't even choose. They're just coming in. Now, some of them are a result of patterns of thinking from the past. How do we? I don't even know how they got there. Analysis will never get, know for sure. Even though, if you wanted to say, well, my mother said when I was two years old, I'd never make it. Since then, I haven't had a good thought mm-hmm. about myself. You know. I mean, you could make that up, but in the case of quantum thinking, it's not relevant because what we want to do is we want to be able to create a good state with our intent right now. So all the analysis in the world will not get you to that, even though you might find it, you know, interesting, titillating, you know, comforting or whatever. But we want to do is create ourselves in the highest state right now. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sure. when we look at, I call these, I would say blame it on the old worldview. So you could say, what was it? A mechanical worldview. It was actually technically called the classical mechanical worldview, the classical science, as this thing from quantum science now. But that, so we could say, well, in many ways, not to insult anyone, we became automatic and mechanical too at that stage of evolution now i call these thoughts that are automatic and mechanical thoughts meaning they come in you can't even control them coming in as my husband okay they get there before you do See, people think you can change, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you got that. The thought gets there before you do. So you can't change the thought. Then, then what do, how do we get command? We can, we can create a new relationship to the thought because, you know, what does that mean? It gets there before you do. Who we are. We are that unbounded awareness who can become aware of what's coming into our mind field, as I call it, or I like to call it now, I didn't put it in Do You Quantum Think, but the photosphere, right? There's a biosphere around the earth, around mm-hmm. our body. There's a photosphere. We are surrounded, these fields are intelligent, it's energy, it's conscious, it's all of the above. It's multidimensional, as you pointed out. So mm-hmm. what's coming into your localized, right, into the sphere mm-hmm. of your thoughtosphere, of your mind? Many of these thoughts we didn't choose. I call these automatic thoughts, I give them a name, least action pathways, least 
action, a hyphenated word, the least creative action, the least conscious action, the most mechanical action. Why do I name it? Because least action pathways, this is how we work with our clients. If a thought comes in, and I use the I'm not good enough or any variation on that theme, right? Like, I'll never, will I ever get well? You have a health show. Uh, can I really, you know, the doctor told me this. Can I really have any kind of a shift? Uh, maybe uh-huh. I can't. Uh, will I ever make enough money? How am I going to have enough money to pay my medical expenses? Is my daughter ever going to get rid of that boyfriend I don't like? <laughs> that came up with a friend of mine. <laughs> I mean, uh, these are the thoughts that come Sure, in. sure. So when we say in uh, quantum physics, what you focus on expands, right? E equals MC squared. Energy and mass are convertible, controvertible. So the more attention we put on something, translating this again for human everyday life, the more attention we put on something, the more we energize it. The more energy we put on something, the more real we make it, the more mass we add to it. So that's why we want to interrupt these least action pathways. So I'm just giving the background understanding, and then I'll give the one, two, three step to keep it simple. So we have this idea that sometimes until we make this distinction between us, oh, here's here's the practice. Make a distinction between Uh a thought that just visits and a thought that you are choosing, that you are initiating, that's initiated from you by choice with the awareness that you're doing so, that is originated from you. So this is this very simple practice, Denise. Because when you see one of these least action pathways come into your mind field, Mm -hmm. here's how you deal. What we're doing right now is we're creating a new relationship to our thinking. First, we created a new relationship to our system of thinking. That's the overall, oh, is the old world linear, only physical matter is real, is that uh, conducting my me right now, or can I mm-hmm. think from a quantum worldview, which is a both and? Oh, uh, it's energy in flux. It's holistic systems. It's multidimensional. It's you know when I'm quiet, I'm at my most powerful. So all which thing is is shaping me right now? And once you become aware of these distinctions, it's just natural. It just happens naturally. That's the beauty of the mm-hmm. system. So that's one way we got. We've already connected in a new way to our thinking and where it comes from. Now we're connecting to our thoughts on a very personal, individual level. So when you see one of these least action pathway, what unwanted thought? How do you like in that? I call it the myth of choice. And how do you know you didn't choose that thought? It's very simple. You would not choose to have a disparaging, a self-deprecating thought, a disparaging, ugly thought about yourself or anyone else if you were 
a choice. It's very simple. The, you could go along with that, right? Who wouldn't? Sure, sure. You wouldn't? If you were actually choosing, you wouldn't choose it. Yeah, you know, True. sometimes we get angry True. or something and we go, no, no, I really do uh-huh. hate that jerk, you know. But underneath that, underneath that even anger is mm-hmm. that you're just upset, you're frustrated because something didn't go the way you thought it should have gone. It's because sure. in our in our hearts and souls, we're born good. We're born good people. And things get covered so over. Me, Be- what? So, so let me ask you this. Uh, knowing that knowing this new practice that a thought comes in, you need to have a new relationship with yourself and basically be present to know that that particular thought needs to go away, and you need to reframe into another thought that's more positive. This new shaping of thinking to me would be exercises you would have to do how many times a day uh how long would it take a week two weeks a month to actually get in the practice of reshaping your thinking it's okay that's a good question and you know in a certain way it's unanswerable because we say it's instantaneous but let me give the one two three step and i think that'll help and then i want to go back to exactly that question that you're asking but this will help because okay here's the one two three step when a thought comes in this this in part answers what you're asking denise and it's a great question um that a thought comes in that is not giving you... This is how it works. We have a thought. We give the thought meaning. Whatever that meaning is gives us our experience. Or you could say it can even have an emotional or a feeling tone of our body. Okay? But it's giving us what we call it, our experience in the moment. Now, it happens quickly like a gestalt. That's an instantaneous. It's not like a sequence. Oh, I had this thought. What did I make that thought mean? But if you reflect on it, you'd be able to see it. But that's basically what it is. When we have a thought, we have a certain meaning that's associated with it. So a thought comes in that we don't want. How do we know we don't want it? Because I'm not feeling good right now, (laughs) right? I have a thought that I'm scared about something that I have to do in the future, right? Let's say you're getting a medical test, okay? Let's pick something okay. really challenging. And uh, I think it's kind of natural that we not natural, but we yeah. all have that, yeah. right? Because you're thinking, sure, what are we sure. making it mean? We might not get mm-hmm. a good result. That's what we make that thought mean. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go into the analysis of the meaning. But let's just say right. you have a thought, and it's not giving you a good experience in that moment. So here's the one, two, three step. The thought comes in, and here is it. Just because you have a thought doesn't make it the truth. There's nothing absolute about it. You don't have to believe it, and you don't have to identify with it in any way. That's a crucial thing. So it's not the truth for all time. You don't have to believe it. 
you do not have to identify with it in any way. You don't have to latch on to it. Alan and I say, let it fly by like a bird past your window. So what you're actually doing is you were creating a new relationship with thoughts that come in distinct from thoughts that I'm going to choose. So the first mm-hmm. what step one is notice the least action pathway. Step two is interrupt it by realizing I don't want that thought right now. I do it in the shower. You know, I have a thought. All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. you free associate. You're imagining these scenes, right? Oh, I'm getting, you know, Uh going to the dentist. What's going to happen, you know? And I interrupt it, realizing, wait a minute, I'm not feeling too good right now. And step three, a vital step. What do you do with that thought? You let it ride by, but now you displace that thought. You replace it with something that is going to give you a more positive experience in that moment. And so in that case, let's say I'm going to the dentist, and by the way, I do do this, and I go through my, I don't <laughs> what is he going to say, and do I have to get this work or that? And what I'll do is I'm going for examination. I'll, I create a new intent. Intent is the active creative dynamic that we have all been born with, that we get to create with. It's like our clay. A statement of intent is a statement that you're choosing to live from. It's a context. It's not based in evidence. If you have a glass, half empty, half full, it's that simple. What, how are you going to relate? It's the, the circumstance is the same this amount of water in the glass. How you choose to relate to it is your choice. That's when you're choosing your thought, Denise. But the nature of intent is that it activates the energy field. So a statement of intent will have many results. It's not a cause and effect. It's a field effect. This answers you about, you know, well, how long does it take? How do I get my thinking to be this way? And by the way, quantum thinking is not the same as positive thinking in the sense that positive thinking, it's always good to have positive thoughts, of course, because that gives you a good experience. But if you have a positive, if you have a negative belief that you're holding on to, as if it's the absolute truth. And then you say, well, let me put a positive spin on this. And you have a positive affirmation, you know, like you have a negative belief. I'll never make the amount of money that I really want to make. And you believe that's the absolute truth. And you're holding that in your the resonance in your own being, in the feeling tone of your being. And then you say, oh, I'm going to write an affirmation a hundred times today. No, I will make the amount that's not quantum thinking because you're covering up. Alan says it's like putting jelly over peanut butter, taking a bite and pretending the peanut butter is not there, meaning the negative belief. Quantum thinking starts with the realization that whatever you have believed, and I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm not saying there aren't real facts in the world. But whatever the circumstance is, 
that you're latching on to that is not going to give you the result that you want in your life, you don't have to latch on to that because it's not an absolute. Now, you... And this is particularly true in the relational field. In the actual physical, you know, that is a more dense energy and it's obviously, you know, it's a little more challenging to deal with. But everything begins in thought. So if you want to create a new direction for yourself, a new trajectory for the future, if you want to project a new set of circumstances, it begins in the relational field, in this case, in the your relationship with yourself, and it could be with others, and it can be yourself in the situation. So what I do when I'm going to the dentist is I catch myself in those doomsday thoughts. I interrupt them. <laughs> Easy to do. <laughs> right? I go, what? Oh, there's a least action pathway. And by the way, don't give your least action pathways any meaning. They don't. This is why the, mm-hmm. our clients love it. They go... Oh, yeah, I was stuck in a least action pathway. I mean, Alan and I do this with each other. I say, oh, my God, what if this, blah, blah, blah. He goes, that's just a le- that's your least action pathway. Guilt with your mother. I go, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, what's my <laughs> intent when I go out to dinner with my mother tonight? This is how you do it. This is real, right? And so, oh, and then I'll, but when I'm going to the dentist or anything to do with medical, I do create the intent, and you see in a statement mm-hmm. of intent is a statement as if it's already that way. You already exactly. see it that way. And I create the intent that the the dentist is saying to me, you know, your teeth and gums look the best they've ever looked. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you're really doing great. Or I love, you see, you know, that glass half empty, half full. This is how we could wake up in the morning. You can wake up into a least action pathway, thinking stream of, oh, my God, you know, or I don't feel like getting out of bed. Or, you know, people, we have these least action pathway thoughts. We don't, they're sure. not yours. Don't even own them. And don't identify mm-hmm. them if they're not going to be empowering to you and then you could wake up and say you know what whatever thought i'm having oh there's that least action pathway morning thought let me interrupt that step one two three step okay what is what is the first step is noticing it as you said becoming aware of self very important what you said two is interrupt it label it there's the least action pathway what is my intent for today And I like to always say, today is a glorious day. I'm excited Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. what's going to unfold. And it's Mm -hmm. not based in circumstance, Denise. This is very important in the quantum world. No, no, it it really isn't. It's not. Yeah, I know. It's It's like when I wake up in the morning, the first thoughts I have is, I am so excited about what's going to come my way today. Exactly. And what you're doing... You do it too. I love it. What you're doing Mm -hmm. is you're creating your intent for the day. And remember, intent, oh, I make a distinction between intent and intention. Intention being an end goal, a measurable result. Uh, uh, But an intent for the day is you're opening up, you're creating an adventure. It's like, Mm -hmm. it is. 
Steve, this what I'm going to attract today. A, mar- a marvelous adventure. My gosh, I can't believe the time. We have very little of it left on the show. I'm so glad that you were able to take us through um, one of your practice sessions. And the information you imparted on us is just wonderful. I'm so glad that you've taught our listeners today some invaluable information that can really set them on a new path in their lives. Thank you. And this will go into a podcast. It will go into iTunes. So, you know, people can listen to it over and over again. I know that I will. Great. Why don't you um, let our listeners know where they can purchase your book and then um, your website. And, of course, your book is Do You Quantum Think? Give them your website. Okay, thanks. I just want to say thank you, and thank you to all the listeners who are with us live, who are on the podcast and and iTunes. And whenever you're listening to this beyond (laughs) the limits of space-time, as we're so fortunate in today's world, that I really appreciate your being in this conversation with us. And thank you so much, Denise, for having me. And to uh, I invite everyone, of course, to explore mm-hmm. Do You Plan and Think. And it is in hardcover and in all ebook editions. It's available on Amazon, on all the online bookstores, Barnes & Noble, and also in stores, and in uh, Barnes & Nobles, in independent bookstores in your neighborhood, you can order it if they don't have it. And my website is Diane Collins, Diane with two N's, very important. There's another mm-hmm. Diane with one. Mm-hmm. Diane, D-I-A-N-N-E-C-O-L-L-I-N-S.com. And on my website, you can sign up for my newsletter. You'll get a short article that you'll love that applies quantum thinking to your business. And there is a, a link on there called the Ultimate Study Group, where for a while uh, my husband, partner, and I did a live interactive uh, teleconference study group that is based on for people who were reading the book. And that's all free, and there's lots of audio and video on there, too. And oh you'll get connected gosh. to my HuffPost blog as well. So thank you for oh, letting me share it. thank you so much, Diane Collins. Thank you, Denise Messenger. I love what you're doing, and I love the spirit of your work. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at KnowledgeWorksPub.com. Be sure to visit GotCancerNowWhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 